Hi, this is Brian Mannix, and you're listening to My 88. Hello, my name is Wayne Sunks and welcome to the My 88 Podcast. I'm loving all of these great interviews with Aussie legends and today we have a rock icon. It is Brian Maddox, lead singer of Uncanny X-Men. Please enjoy the interview. You're listening to My 88. Wayne Sunks with you this morning. Very excited to chat to an absolute icon of the Aussie music industry. Lead singer of Uncanny X-Men, it is Brian Mannix. Brian, thanks for joining us today. Oh, nice to be here. And in fact, at my age, it's just nice to be anywhere. So uh, <laughs> good on you, Wayne. <laughs> well, I do enjoy a bit of brutal honesty, which is lovely. Uh, now, you are an icon of the 80s. Uh what do you think, or why do you think people love that decade so much? I don't know, really. Oh, look, I think it was a good time. I think the world's economy was going pretty well. Certainly high fashion in, in the 80s. I think that's probably appeals to a lot of people. Um, and it was a good time for music in that, you know, uh, we had Countdown and, um, you know, and MTV started and Rage started. And I think, you know... Uh, just think that, yeah, it was a good time for music and everybody had a good time and that's probably why. However, I would if I would say I am sick to death of hearing we're on a road to nowhere on every bloody radio station in the country. Um, and uh, Blue Sky Mine, can't we play something else from Midnight Oil? But anyway, there you go. All right, there you go. I'm not going to play those songs today, I promise. Uh- <laughs> Please don't. Oh, well, they always do. It's like, oh, they've been a traffic jam now. I know. Let's play We're on a Road to Nowhere. Well, you know, we've been listening to it for over 40 years now. That's enough. Just put it away. No more We're on a Road to Nowhere. Love it. Anyway. Love it, love it, love it. Now, you started uh, the career with Uncanny X-Men in the early 80s, and you were touring all around Melbourne. What was it like to tour gigs back then? I know you were playing in Frankston, which is, is does have a bit of a reputation. Well, yeah, Frankston, um, we used to play there every Wednesday night. And um, I think the first time we played there, it could hold about 2,000, the, the venue. And the first time we played there, we had four people in the audience. And our manager said to us, well, it's okay. If they don't like the band, we can punch them up because we've got more of us than there are of them. So, but anyway, we built it up. But, um, yeah, it was exciting times. Um Everybody wanted to go out to see a band and, you know, you could work on a Tuesday night, a Wednesday night, a Thursday night. You could work, you know, six nights a week. And consequently, um, you know, you work that much with your band. Your band gets pretty good pretty quickly because um, you're constantly doing it. So, yeah, it was a really healthy time for um, for touring and for playing, you know, live. And it was, it was great. and Probably won't ever be as good again. Yes, I imagine. I imagine. Uh, now, Uncanny X-Men, it is a great name and is famously from a comic book. Did you ever get in any strife from Marvel about naming the band that? Well, no, actually. Um, look, me, me and um, the original bass player, we used to import comics from England. And so we were all over the Uncanny X-Men, but they didn't really have much of a profile here. Um, but we knew all about them. And then 
we went to, uh, we'd forgotten about them, and we went to the Space Age bookshop one day, and there's all these comics, and we saw Uncanny Espen, and me and the bass player said, oh, yeah, that's a great guy, and it sounds like a punk rock band. So we had a deal with them that, um, you know, as long as we didn't make comics and stuff, we were okay. I doubt that they would let us do it today because X-Men is such a huge franchise, and incidentally, Hugh Jackman did a terrific job playing me. But... Um, <laughs> Yeah, so we were allowed to make records and play live, but we weren't supposed to, you know, get into their turf at all. So, yeah, it was lucky, but um, I don't think we'd be allowed to do it now. Uh, now, let's uh, have a chat about signing to Mushroom in 1982. That must have been really exciting for the band after playing live for those few years to, to get that recognition. Oh, it was terrific. What a, what a great day that was. Um, you know, they called us in and said, okay, you're going to, Mushroom are going to sign you. You're recording a live album tomorrow night. What? And then, oh, and by the way, you're doing a, the national tour with Joan Jett. We go, wow, that was, that was a good afternoon. That was a good meeting. You don't get meetings as good as that. So, yeah, it was all, we knew it was coming, but when it came, it was very sudden and um, incredibly exciting. It's like, right, oh, here we go. The next, the next step, we're on our way. Now, that actually was going to be my next question about Joan Jett and the Blackhearts. What was it like to support them? Oh, it was really exciting. Um, and what, what made it even more exciting for us was the ABC decided they wanted to do a documentary on a band that had just been signed. So we were touring with Joan Jett and we've got a film crew following us around. And, like, you know, a week earlier we were just playing the pubs. Yeah, it was terrific. And, you know, Joan Jett was get a big hip over it just come out so yeah and i was surprised how good a guitar she was actually um i thought the other bloke would be doing most of the work but she played most of the lead guitar and uh yeah didn't spend a lot of time with her but um no it was really exciting to work with an international artist and um you know we got to it was, i think it was the first time we toured queensland was with her so uh yeah it was great really great Nice. Now, Beach Party EP was really when people started taking notice of you, and it does contain the mm. iconic song, Everybody Wants to Work. Uh, people yep. to this day still love that song. It must be lovely that people love it so much. Yeah, look, it is. Um, well, you know, you know, it's nearly 40 years I've been buying it, nearly. I think I wrote it in 1984. So, yeah, it's, it's 39 years old now. But, um, yeah, look, I still enjoy playing it, and I... You know, I like the idea of the lyric. I think, you know, like it's a, it's a, it's a daggy little pop song, but it's a lyric that I don't think anybody else has written a song about. No, I don't want to work, and um, and it's a uh, a motto that I've lived up to for thirty nine years. I work maybe six hours a week. Thank you, God. <laughs> there we go. Excellent work. Excellent work. And your first big album that that came out uh, went to number two on the Australian charts. That must have felt validating as well. Oh, it's terrific. Um, and even just recording it, we knew because of the success that we'd had with Everybody Wants to Work. We we kind of knew this album's you know going to go through the roof. I think it, it in pre sales it was gold before it got released. So you know it was. A really exciting time, and then uh, just before it came out, we um, supported Rod Stewart and did a national tour with Rod Stewart, so that was pretty good. I, so yeah, the album came out and it sold truckloads, and, um, and we supported Rod Stewart. So life doesn't really get much better than that, I guess. <laughs> 
No, it really doesn't. Now, of course, the big single from that was 50 Years, which has been mm. your biggest single so far. You know, it's, it's going to come up to a big anniversary in about 10 years for that song. Will you have a big celebration then? Um, well, I don't know. I haven't really thought about it. But, um, well, yeah, I suppose if I'm still alive, um, <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll have some kind of party. I might not even wait 10 years to have a party. Might have one the Sabo, the- just in case. But, um yeah, look, we'll probably do something. If, if, you know, if we're all around, um, why wouldn't you? Yeah, and and it is a really endearing Australian pop song as well. So, how did you I, how did you enjoy the reaction to that song? Oh, really good. Um, I think it's a great song. I just think it deserves a better singer than me. Um, and you know, I like what the X Men did with it, but um, I've always felt that you know I'd like to hear something like Casey Chambers or somebody sing it. And I was lucky enough that. Somebody in Canberra used it for a um, for a television ad, and I got some country girl to sing it. I forget her name, but um, she did a wonderful job of it. And um, as I said, you know, it's a great song. Um, it's a really nice lyric. It's a good sentiment, and um, just deserves a better singer than me. But anyway, it is what it is. Oh, I think you did a pretty good job. Yeah, I think it could be a lot better. But anyway. Now, you, you also got to perform uh, the Oz for Africa during the Live Aid period. Uh, how was that to do those gigs? Well, that was really exciting um, because it was going to get shown in America. So we were all very excited about, you know, oh, this could, you know, get us a start in America. You know, this could be great. Anyway, um, I went over to America not long afterwards and um, I met this American guy and he... Um, said he'd taped the whole thing. I said, oh, great, well, we can have a look at it. Anyway, he missed my bit, but I, I did see, um, I think Mondo Rock were playing, and on the screen it said, Dragon. And I thought, oh, well, great, how good's this? They've got all the names of the bands wrong, so it's not opening a door for anyone. But um, anyway, it was fun. But it was really exciting to do something that was, you know, on every TV set in Australia and, um, you know, Big crowd, I think, at the Sydney Entertainment Centre we did it. Um, yeah, yeah, really, really exciting. And um, you know, another one of those moments where you just got to pinch yourself. I imagine if people didn't like it, they could have just blamed it on the electric pandas whose name was probably on the screen at the time. Well, that's right. You know, the, you know, the Mondo Rock and it says Dragon. It's like, oh, no, it's not what you want. But anyway, that's, people never fail to muck up. Now, besides being uh, a singer, you've also done quite a bit of acting as well. Do you enjoy that? Yeah, I do. Um, I like to keep life varied if I can. And um, acting's, yeah, it's um, something I sort of fell into, but uh, something I really like. Unfortunately, my acting agent's retired, so I'm a bit agentless at the moment. But um, I've done, well, I just started out in Flying Doctors, and I've done Neighbours. Colin Carpenter show and Blue Healers and I was in the movie Chopper. Um, I was in We Were Rocky a couple of years ago, the Ben Elton musical with Queen. Um, so, yeah, and I played Rebel Wilson's dad in Bogan Pride. And so, yeah, I've been, you know, really lucky along the way. And, um, you know, acting, it's a, it's a different sort of beast to um, being in a band because it's all, you know, very organised. You know, you've got to walk to that spot and you've got to say this line and that was, you know, in band, I walk wherever I want and do whatever I like. But um, I like the discipline of it and um, and you make, you make a lot of great friends 
in acting circles. Yes, you certainly do. There we go. As, love the Gold Coast sirens going on there. Yeah. Yeah, that's just that's, that's my lift coming to get me. <laughs> <laughs> once again, once again. <laughs> oh, that, that, you know, I don't even bother with the tact anymore. I just ring them up to the police and tell them, you know, I'm ready. Yeah. Right around they come and where are you go? <laughs> now, what are you, so what are you up to uh, at the moment, Brian? What's, uh, what, what are you working on? Um, well, I'm putting together uh, – oh, I still work with uh, Scott Garn from Kids in the Kitchen and Dale Ryder from Good and Fresh Opera with the absolutely 80s band, and that's always fun because, you know, Scott plays all the kids in the kitchen hits, Dale plays the boom crash hits, I play the X-Men hits, and we do some dead people's songs at the end, and um, all together, and, you know, something like Sean Kelly from The Models is in it, or Wilbur Wilde, so that's little thread from the Machinations, and um, so that's that's always really good fun to work with those guys, and, uh, you, know, you know, talk about our old war stories, and um, I play with the Androids a little bit, um, did an album with them, which is yeah, which is pretty good. Um, and I'm just putting together a band up here in Queensland. So yeah, so you know, I keep myself reasonably busy, but um, could always be a bit busier. That sounds fantastic. Well, Brian, thank you so much for chatting today. We're going to throw it out and let's play. Everybody wants to work here on my eighty-eight. My eighty-eight, you beauty. Thank you. <laughs>